Tony, and this is Free Speed. On this 10-minute show, I'm going to talk with elite rowers and coaches about three important questions. What's the most important part of the stroke? What's your favorite drill? And most importantly, in my opinion, what wins races? Today, I'm talking with Nate Walker. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for having me on. Um, I am the director of rowing and head of our Siemens coach uh, at Purdue University. Uh, we're a, a club team uh, in you know, central Indiana, but uh, we are unique in that we have a really nice multi-million dollar boathouse, incredible uh, support from the university and from alumni. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a, a perfect uh, meeting point between the rigors and competitiveness of varsity level rowing, uh, but it's also sort of a little more balanced than you'll find uh, in some places. And do you coach, what did you coach before you ended up at Purdue? Yeah, so I've, I've been around. I learned to row at Purdue uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, so it's a bit like coming home. It got me involved in the sport. I didn't row in high school. Uh, and my first coaching gig was after I graduated coaching the novice guys at Purdue. Uh, so from there, I got my degree in teaching and philosophy. And I found that, you know, everything that I liked about teaching and mentoring was also found on the water, but you didn't have to do a song and, you know, dance and pony show to sort of engage people. They, you know, come down to work hard. So I kept with it. And since then, I've uh, coached uh, masters, high school and college and on both coasts. So I've been a little bit of here and there and everywhere. And then when the longtime uh, head coach at Purdue uh, retired a year and a half ago, David Kusick, uh, I got a call and uh, we've we've maintained contact and had a good rapport of the years. So he suggested that I apply and uh, the rest is history. Let's get started. You've coached a lot of different places. You probably have a lot of different views about how the rowing stroke may go for some or others. So let's dive into the first question. What's the most important part of the stroke? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. Um, but I think that uh, at least if you, if you have the time, the water time and the athlete's time, it really just comes down to what each individual boat needs. Like you're, you're painting with a pretty broad brush stroke early in the season, uh, particularly if you're teaching some newer athletes to the sport, like high school coaches or us as a club team early on. Uh, so it's really not trying to uh, coach a specific part of the stroke so much, just make sure everybody is brought together because you'll have some high-end athletes. You know, some are gunning for the U23 team at Purdue and they're, you know, being in boats, uh, particularly early fall when we're mixed experience levels across the board. Uh, with, you know, people that have been rowing for just a few months. And so it's less about targeting, all right, everybody on the catch so much as trying to keep things fresh, trying to switch the focus around so you don't have some of those newer athletes uh, doing the catch pretty well, but the finish is just this uh, walking disaster. Uh, so it's, uh, it's about broad strokes early on. Uh, and then as you get into uh, the crews uh, starting to coalesce and to set lineups in the racing season, fall or spring. Uh, I've found personally um, that they start to develop their own personalities and they all need to sort of have focused different places. And that might change, uh, but you might have one crew that's really struggling to hold up rating and how you're going to approach that is going to depend on what you're seeing on the water. And, you know, if you're coaching another one of the crews that same season, it might be totally different. So I try to keep an open mind and uh, react to what I'm seeing on the water. Uh, rather than sort of having a set mindset of, okay, we have to get the finish first and right before we move on to the next part, because I found that a little bit limiting in my perspective. 
it's a great way to look at look at it and a way that I haven't talked to many people about but it makes sense because you want to see how these athletes are working together and what like as you said what that boat needs now for figuring out those boats do you pick a stroke or a stern pair that you know is already matched and is working on like or has nailed down this part or is working on this part that will then lead a group of people behind them to be able to cue in and pick that up? Yeah, you can definitely see uh, athletes that can mesh well together. Like you might have, uh, you know, say six, seven, eight athletes that are really good, but for whatever reason, they don't necessarily match up with one another in the same way. So you find those pairs that work and particularly early season before you even stress about trying to peak, you know, find that speed. Uh, you find those pairs that work and you find something that can set a reliable rhythm for everybody else and something that's predictable. So, you know, it's if, if you have an example for people to follow, uh, you know, if they're not as athletic or they're not as experienced, it's much easier for them to sort of pick up on those those good qualities, whether it's the catch, whether it's a, a smooth, relaxed send to the finish uh, and for them to start to emulate that themselves. Speaking of meshing athletes together, What's your favorite drill? Is this about meshing athletes? Is it about figuring out what part of the stroke needs work? In your opinion, what's your favorite drill? Yeah. Um, so I've found, uh, for me, you have to sort of coach to whatever reality you have. And so at, at Purdue, sometimes we're limited um, with water. We have, uh, uh, the, the water can be eight inches deep to 20 feet deep, and it'll be in this like same month. Uh, so we have to adjust to that reality. We have to adjust to uh, the numbers that we have, which in the fall, I'm coaching by myself over five eights. And in the spring, it's often four eights. And so what I've found really is effective is uh, feed out rowing because it's very constant, consistent feedback that the athlete can tell for themselves uh, on the finish of the stroke on whether they're, you know, separating out the drive, like the, the legs in the trunk where you have a lot of body momentum going through to the finish from their, their back and their arms. Uh, they're pulling their arms effectively. Uh, they're not washing out so that they can keep their feet, you know, engaged to the foot stretcher because that's what, you know, every single stroke, if they're coming off, you know, they know what to work on. They know how to sort of fix it. And so it's every stroke, every stroke. And I don't have to be sitting on, you know, that stern of that shell saying, no, no, yes, no, yes. They themselves, if they want to get faster, they know what to do and sort of get that feedback. So I love feed out. I love feed out, you know, continuous with pauses. I love it uh, on the boat, but even on the erg, like on the static erg, it sort of just starts to get that muscle memory just locked in. And so I found that when I really put a good emphasis on that regularly, then, you know, come springtime when we're really starting to push rating, uh, the last half of the race, uh, you have the athletes, uh, able to hold rating and push it into the sprint a lot more effectively uh, because they're not using their little core muscles to sort of stop their momentum at the finish of the stroke to lift up to sort of like come back around it's just sort of built in it's a quick turnaround and it's uh, a lot easier to even split the whole 2k yeah. and I think I've used feed out a lot on the erg I try to steady state feed out almost all of my minutes right now because I just like you get the core engagement and you get the flow with the hands which once as you said once you get on the water once you get racing that is really important you pretty much went right into the next question let's we'll keep it going <laughs> what wins races 
Yeah. Uh, when I was, when I was a young coach, like right after graduating, I was, you know, went to us throwing conventions and Jim joy sculling conferences. And I remember a presentation by Mike Caviston. I don't know if you've heard of Hinbrook. I'm not sure I have. Uh, he was, I don't know where he's at in the uh, rowing world right now, but he was the trainer for the university of Michigan's rowing team for a long time. And he created the Wolverine training program, which is sort of, you know, out there and is one of the popular ones that people use. I've heard of that. <laughs> Um, and he's got this quote that says, oh gosh, I'm probably going to totally mess, mess it up, but it says, um, the work required to reach a goal, a rowing goal, isn't negotiable. Only the goal is. So like, if you want to, you know, make it to grand finals, if you want to medal, if you want to win, you know, whether it's the Olympics or whether it's, you know, uh, scholastic nationals or whatever, um, then the work required is just, it just has to be done. There's no negotiating. And so I've found that often the limiting factor, uh, at least the middle and lower levels, until you get to athletes that have the time to really, really ramp up volume or have the self-discipline, uh, it's about just being effective with you know, your time on the water at practice. And so I found that what wins races is making sure that every minute you're down at the boathouse, you're getting a workout in. And so that means if you're doing drill work, which is great, whenever you can, Instead of doing it by fours, do it by sixes. Instead of like having dead time, make sure the coxswains are doing switch turnarounds to the pairs. Um, if you're going to talk to athletes, which is is huge, try to fit it in the rest times or times when there's dead times, when boats are turning, when there's otherwise not going to be that stress, that physiological stress to keep up the UT2 heart rate or something. Just because if you've got two hours or even sometimes less occasionally more at practice, like that's what you have in every single minute lost getting on the water is just another minute less to sort of get faster. Yeah. And I think especially in college when there is someone on the clock counting your minutes that you are in the boat on the dock doing warm up, you have to use it to the best of your ability. How do, do you see your team handling this do you think that they like understand this and they're able to motivate themselves or is it something that as coaches or like as as a coach and other places you've coached with other coaches do you find that the coaches still have to and should um continue to remind this the athletes about what like the goal is and why we're trying to make the most of everything yeah i think you have to get buy-in so it can't just be a drill instructor at least long term because that starts to become tedious and burdensome and it's hard to sort of keep the athlete buy-in which if you want to be really fast they got to fit in some extra stuff outside of practice like that's just it has to happen um so i've found that it's something where you have to make sure that everyone is on board and you have to keep your feet to the fire regularly um do it in a way that is mindful and not just sharp and mean and yelling but like come on guys let's go let's go what do you want to do you want to win all right we say we want to win this is where you know the rubber hits the road it's during february it's in march it's not when we get to the regatta when everybody wants to, when it's who's doing that quiet meters, those little extra three minutes here and there that sort of start to add up. So it's just making sure that we're being honest with ourselves with how effective it is because everybody starts to slip. It's just the people that bring themselves back and hold you know, their feet to the fire are honest uh, that are the ones that are you know fighting for those grand final spots, those medalist spots in the spring. I think that's a great point to make especially right now when it is the urging season for so many schools. And this is the time where it can start to slip when you're just doing minutes on minutes on minutes on the ERG, just watching the 
snow or ice or just the temperature be like i can't go rowing so we're just gonna sit on the erg that's exhausting and as i've heard before and we've mentioned that's the time that really makes a difference yeah yeah everybody wants to win on race day it's the people that want to win, win like today that are yeah. fitting in the, the the meters now that are ones that do yeah i completely agree nate thank you so much for coming on this show it's been a pleasure talking to you and best of luck for your upcoming season yeah, thank you, Brooke. It's a pleasure. Uh, and I look forward to hearing about the other coaches make their own suggestions so I can copy and steal. Yes, absolutely. That's what this is for.